Why do people become CEOs? How do they really spend their time? And if you're not one already, how might you become a CEO? My name's Matt Crabtree. I'm the founder of a management consulting company called Positive Momentum. And in this series of podcasts, we're going to be asking CEOs from a range of industries tough questions about their past, present, and of course, their view on the future. We'll learn who influenced them most, what they defend in their schedule at all costs, and the big changes they see coming up on their horizon. This is Meet the CEO. This is a very special edition of Meet the CEO, as it coincides with positive momentum finally becoming a B Corporation. We've been working towards this for a long time and are thrilled to be joining the family of B Corps, who all operate to the highest certified standards of social and environmental impact. And so it's with great pleasure that I introduce today's Meet the CEO guest, Oliver Bolton, who is not only the founder of three B Corps himself, but he's also a B Corp ambassador here in the UK. Ollie, welcome to Meet the CEO. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You are very, very welcome. It's great to have you. Now, Ollie, uh, I'm going to take a big, deep breath here because you are the founder of Waterbomb, a disruptive hydration drink manufacturer, and you're also the CEO of both Armand, a free consumer app that allows people to understand, reduce and balance their carbon footprint and turn everyday spending into trees, as well as Earthly, a platform that enables businesses to invest in effective nature-based solutions that remove carbon, restore biodiversity and support local communities. In fact, we have just very proudly become a customer of Earthly. And so whilst I normally start by asking our guests why they became a CEO, and I'll get to that with you in a minute, because I think it might be a particularly interesting story. First, in celebration of our B Corporation certification, would you be kind enough to tell any of our listeners who don't know already, what in simple terms is a B Corporation? Yeah, sure. And, and you know, congratulations on, on joining the family. Thank you. It, you know, really simply put, you know, B corporations are companies that support the triple bottom line of people, planet and profit. And, you know, in a way, it's a movement using business as a force for good. And by acknowledging people and planet and em- embedding them into the, the very nature of a, of, a, of a business in a way that we can... Uh, yeah, we can turn businesses into kind of regenerative businesses that are, that are giving back and, you know, baking in the right things into the kind of the core of the company. And so, yeah, great, great congratulations, you know, for uh, for becoming a B Corp. And, you know, it's really exciting to see the momentum, actually, that's that the, the B Corp movement's had over the last sort of 12 months. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're really thrilled to have gone through it. I, I will say it's been an exhaustive process um, it has both surpassed by my expectations in terms of a the amount of effort, but b the sheer diligence behind it. This is no easy badge to acquire, right? It's yeah. uh, it's a proper process. It's I think the, the great thing about it is by going through the, the certification and the the B impact assessment. It's called. It really you know forces you to look at all aspects of your business, and so it's actually a great tool to understand the strengths you know your strengths and your weaknesses and you know the very nature of the questions and so the first time that, that we we did a b impact assessment 
which was in 2015, it was, it was kind of, you know, really opened my eyes. And if I'm being honest with you, probably set the path for, for my career moving into, you know, the impact space. It was really that first assessment that we did. So, yeah, I can, you know, only have positive things to say and, you know, really advise anyone, you know, if they're considering, the, you know, just going through that process of, of going through those questions and just it's a great sense check, I guess, of how you're structuring your company. Listen, thank you for that. And uh, and uh, as you say, people should go and take a look at it because it is it is a fabulous health check. But let's get into your career. Let me treat you like any normal meet the CEO guest and ask you our first question, um, which given that you are a, I think you are the very definition of serial entrepreneur. Why mm-hmm. did you become a CEO, Ollie? Uh, do you know what? It's, it's, as a child, it's something that, you know, I always was excited about the idea of creating something and running my own business and being my own boss. And when I was studying at university, I kind of I'd sit at my desk and I'd have my university work on one side and I had my business ventures on the other. And I just constantly was drawn towards my business ventures and my personal projects. And I actually ended up, you know, I ended up dropping out of university to focus on. So I just, yeah, I just love, you know, I love creating something new and I love the freedom of, of being a CEO and so yeah that those are the yeah those are the kind of the two the two key reasons I think that, that drew me to pretty good creating something new and freedom and creating some pretty special new things now you're balancing you know at least two organizations if not three so Waterbomb, Earthly and Almond how do you manage your time we ask every CEO we interview what part of your Day, let's be very specific is sacrosanct what do you preserve at all costs in each day i think there's, there's, there's two things and you know first of all with water bomb um i've got an amazing colleague that runs the runs that the drinks business and my you know my main focus is on is on um is on earthly but for me the, the, the two things one is non-work related and it's i always i wake up my son every morning and it's kind of it's a great way to start the day and and Hey, I'm lucky that he's asleep and I get to wake him up. But yeah, for me, it's something I really enjoy and I look forward to. I kind of get excited to go and to go and do that. But I think work-wise, you know, the first thing I do is, you know, going back to your, your point on prioritization as well, as I've, you know, I look through my list of stuff to do and I try and, you know, pull out what are those things that are going to add most value to the company and to the project. And I try and really say, right, today I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do these things. So specifically, you know, so on a daily basis, I'm trying to prioritize, you know, what, what are those, you know, and sometimes it's a difficult conversation or, um, you know, or it's a, it's a complicated document I've just got to go and do. But, you know, I find that, that that's really important to me. That process. Yeah, that prioritization is, uh, is, is the ongoing conundrum for all of us, isn't it? And I think that habit i hear it a lot from effective leaders that they have that habit of each day just refreshing that sense of prioritization how does it need to change today and what do i need um, to focus on i'm guessing that your son must be quite young because if i went to wake up my daughters i would be in enormous trouble how old is your son ollie he's four so yeah he's he's this is it. I, I'm cherishing it because, you know, as you say, you know, we'll get to the day where he'll, he'll tell me to tell me to do one. <laughs> Cherish it with every fibre is my advice. Very good. Um, so listen, let's talk about challenges you've faced, you know, launching 
new businesses like these, um, I'm sure, is no easy endeavor. So during your time as a CEO, as a founder, what's the most challenging event or situation you've encountered? And particularly, what did you learn from, uh, I'm sure there have been many, but do you have one in particular to share? I think it's, to me, the, the thing over the years I found the hardest is if I'm working with a colleague and it's, you know, they're, 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 it's it's not the right fit, or there's been, you know, instances where they've um, acted badly, or and it's you know it's giving people their notice. I think that's been the most challenging thing, and I you know, I really kind of connect with people and get attached to the you know with the people that I work with, and so, you know, on the odd occasion where I've had to have those tough conversations that's by far and away the thing I found the most challenging, you know, emotionally. And, and, and I think, you know, that's, you know, why we really try and hire the, the, the right people and, you know, and, and, and kind of manage that in the best way possible, because it's an outcome that no one wants. You know, obviously the person doesn't want to be given their notice and I don't want to be having that conversation in the first place. So that's something at the beginning I, you know, I was, you know, I've learned, I guess I've been an entrepreneur for 14, 15 years now. And so at the beginning I was a bad hirer. <laughs> so there were more conversations towards the beginning and it, it hasn't got easier. You know, it's still just as difficult, but I guess we're having less of those conversations, which is. I mean, in many ways it shouldn't get easier, should it? Because it's the, yeah. it's the toughest conversation that we mm-hmm. ever have to have. And whilst it kind of comes with the territory, doesn't it? As a CEO, uh, you know, I often say to people, if it starts to get easier, you're losing part of your humanity. Got, got any advice for, you know, if one of our listeners right now has somebody in their team that they're just conscious, either maybe they weren't a great hire in the first place, or things have changed. And so they now, when maybe they fitted before, they don't fit now. Any any quick tips for anybody in that situation? Yeah, I mean, look, there's obviously there's the process that, that, that one needs to follow and, and, and actually, you know, articulate with them the reasons why there's there's an issue or one isn't happy and give them that chance to address them and 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 you know but often it you know it will be perhaps in a probationary period um, but again it's just being really clear i think at the beginning of of the expectations and and then when you know when one can have that conversation if, if there's a clear kind of gap between the expectations that have been set and and the deliverables but um yeah i think it's just communicating and, and, and giving people the chance to rectify very good um, very good very helpful now we have a picture of you at university with your with your books on one side and your your business ideas um on the other side so i guess the, there have been people around you who've, who've influenced the way you lead and the way you operate um is there anybody or any people specifically who've most influenced the way that you lead ollie I think it's you know with with my drinks business, we've we've got a great chairman like Wyndham Carver over the years who's for, for around a decade I think he's been supporting so I've definitely learned a, a, a hell of a lot from him. For a while we were working with um, had an advisor in the drinks business Mark Cunningham who's the CEO of Ellis Kitchen, and again you know just learned a lot from him and you know really admire the way that he 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 manages. The, the, the business there and I think for me it's you know I'm always open and I'm always trying to improve the way that I do things and so we've got a whole range of different advisors that earthly 
you know, for different aspects of the business. And I just love like learning from them and learning from, you know, from colleagues as well. So it's just like constantly being open-minded and just kind of absorbing the best bits from everyone. And, you know, even like I have a new colleague that started with us and, you know, just, just getting learnings from, from their business as well on the way that, 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 you know, we can improve things is just, so I guess there's, there's no kind of simple answer of like, you know, one specific, but there's been people that I've worked with and I'm working with now that um, I'm, I'm learning every day from. It's a really interesting one. Uh, most of the CEOs, in fact, all of the CEOs we talk to uh, talk about being lifelong learners, but there's always that expectation, isn't it? That the, you're the CEO, you're the founder, you know everything. And so making that extra effort in the way that you describe to find people, uh, to find people like your chairman, like your advisors, who can give you that inspiration, that counsel, that mentorship. Um, mm. it, it's clearly it's clearly key and it's clearly working for you. So, so fantastic to see. Um, let's talk a bit more about building a team. You've talked about, you know, <laughs> maybe being a bad hire. I think that's probably pretty harsh, but nonetheless, let's talk about building a team of leaders. You, you mentioned at, at Waterbomb, you know, you've you've got a, a team or individual there who can run the business for you. What's the secret, in your opinion, to building that top team? In those 14, 15 years you've been doing that, what have you learned about building the the, the cross-functional team that leads uh, an organisation? Yeah, I think that for, for, for Waterbomb, you know, Steph, that, that, that runs that, you know, she, she was at Grey's and Innocent and she just has a lot more experience than me <laughs> and she's uh you know she's better than me i think at, at, at doing it and so i think this the secret is just to find people that <laughs> have the experience and and, and, a, and a better than you and you know looking at earthly again for all of the hires that we're making it's you know just people with the skill set for the specific c-suite role that they're doing and and as i said you know i love the fact that you know we can bring people in that have you know got a decade of experience in that specific area and can um you know we can we can learn from them and you know the hiring is just something that you, know, you often hear about it kind of making or breaking a business and so i think we're lucky in the in the fact that we're impact led at earthly and so we have been able to kind of attract some some amazing people given the the positive outcomes linked to our linked to our projects but um but yeah just always trying to surround myself with people that are better than me <laughs> <laughs> well good for you that's a, a great spirit to have how about getting them to work together so you know often you can recruit incredibly gifted people who come from incredible organizations you've mentioned a few remarkable brand names over the last five minutes or so but how about then getting them to collaborate at that level what have you what have you learned or discovered about that I think it's, you know, we are constantly looking at how we can work more efficiently. And so it's, you know, I'm really keen to empower people, to give them that responsibility and to give them a certain degree of freedom to make their own decisions. And, you know, we're constantly looking at how, how we can communicate together in the most efficient way, like, you know, not, you know, getting that balance between not too much, not too little. Um, and, and I feel like we're, you know, every, every month we're kind of improving and refining that, but yeah, you know, freedom, making sure we're delegating, you know, empowering the full team. And I think, you know, as, as we scale earthly, it's, it's all about upskilling the team and constantly making sure we've all got the right skills to tackle the next phase of the, of, of the company. And 
one of the things that we're doing with with all the sort of C-suite within Earthly is we all have a kind of advisor who, who's, you know, really experienced in that specific area who we can, you know, who each C-suite has a direct relationship with, who's their kind of personal advisor that they can speak to once a week just to make sure that we've, you know, we're doing things in the best possible manner. And that's somebody outside of the organisation? Yes. Fantastic. What a great yeah. idea. So each person's got a kind of industry buddy or expertise buddy they can go to it's independent of the organization and get advice mentorship a sounding board often i guess if nothing else absolutely absolutely and we're just thinking of how we can just de-risk all these different elements and give people the support network to you know to constantly improve and to grow and so typically these advisors you know will be people that have scaled you know businesses from our size to you know to 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 global um, to global businesses and so they've gone through all the challenges and 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 you know we can essentially learn learn, learn from them <laughs> amazing well let's let's talk about what lies ahead uh, a little bit ollie as we come towards the, the end of our discussion but what's the biggest change on your horizon what what are you seeing your windscreen that you're either uh, excited about anxious about what's the biggest change for you I think it's linked to the scaling, you know, we, we, you know, the sector that we're in is really exciting. There's, there's loads of attention, especially in the run up to COP26, more and more companies are looking at how they can, you know, connect investments into nature with their business, whether that's linked to their net zero strategy or whether that's becoming a regenerative business where they give back to the, to the environment more than they take. So we see huge growth on the horizon. And so it's, you know, just how do we, how do we scale? You know, how do we? It's, all, it's well and good to say we've got these advisors and we're upskilling our team, but actually executing and doing that, and you know, so that's that's our, I'd say our biggest challenge. Making sure we can get that right structure. Yeah, the the the, the amazing kind of complexities of, of 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 a business as it grows, you know, with all the different relationships and making things, you know, making sure we're doing things in the most efficient way possible, but. And, and again, you know, I've grown businesses to a certain level. So for me, this is scaling beyond my experience. So it's entering new territory. And um, so, yeah, that's incredibly exciting. But also, you know, it's our, our biggest kind of probably challenge ahead as well. Yeah, of course, of course. Well, uh, I am sure that you will. And by bringing diverse talent in and thinking about your recruitment strategies and some of the ideas, creative ideas that you've got, will I'm sure see you on a continual scaling path. One last question um, for you, if you don't mind. Um, Lots of people who listen to this podcast are either maybe thinking about um, becoming CEOs in the future, uh, and probably everybody needs to work with a CEO one, at one time or another during their day, week, month, year. Um, you've got three quick bits of advice for anybody who is aspiring to become a CEO, either to follow your entrepreneurial path or maybe to follow uh, you know, a more conventional corporate path. Mm. Any quick bits of advice for people who are thinking about it? Yeah, I think you know, the, the advice I've been given, which has been really useful, is it takes, twi- tw- you know, it takes twi- twice as long as you anticipate to, to do something, to grow something, and cost twice as much. <laughs> than you anticipate and you know so passing that on it's, it's really helped me just constantly having that kind of uh, that lens 
And I think the other one for me is the just attaching, you know, as a CEO, you're constantly thinking about your business and it, it becomes you, but just that ability to turn off and to just to, to at the end of the work day to, to try and, you know, focus on your, your family, on your personal life and actually not let that, you know, have that distinctive kind of gap between work and, 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 and life. And I think I've been lucky to, to, to be able to, to be able to do that over the years and to be able to kind of just switch off. But I can imagine um, if, 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 you know, if you don't do that and it can be quite, quite tiring. So yeah, just to try and work on that, um, that balance and, and, and then, you know, work on being able to just sort of completely put stuff on pause, work related to, to give yourself a break. Very good. Very, very, very good advice. Ollie, thank you so much for your time uh, today. Uh, our, our listeners can't see you in the way that I can. You are a fabulous ambassador for your brand because you are surrounded by beautiful green plants. So you are uh, you are an ambassador for your brand, not just for uh, B Corps. Um, I will remind everybody and give you a bit of a, a name check. Go to earthly.org, so e a-r-t-h-l-y dot org uh, and go and take a look at what these guys are doing um I, I think it's really great we've become a customer very recently and are very uh, very proud um to be part of the movement that you're creating so ollie the very very best wishes to you and thanks so much for taking part in today's meet the ceo thanks matt pleasure to have you know thanks for having me on and lovely to chat to you very welcome a slightly different meet the CEO this time, but no less brimming with ideas for upping your leadership game. Many familiar themes, but some fresh angles there from Ollie. The concept of an external advisor for every member of the C-suite I thought was especially clever. In fact, after the podcast, Ollie shared a real example of one of their advisors who has scaled a business to $100 million and beyond, and who provides just a few hours per month to be a sounding board for that journey for Earthly. That quick comment at the end about patience and things always taking twice as long and costing twice as much, I bet resonated with a lot of us. Not a single hint of complacency there, but a wise pragmatism that is clearly serving Ollie and his growth goals for all of his ventures extremely well. Thanks again to Ollie. And if you want to stay up to date with every Meet the CEO podcast as it gets released, and really, why wouldn't you? Then please subscribe. And if you're enjoying the series so far, then please help us to bring it to a bigger audience by leaving a rating or maybe even a comment. Thanks so much for listening. And I look forward to welcoming you to the very next edition of Meet the CEO.